Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode eight of Isla Conversations. I'm Mia, and I'm here with my dear friend, Kira. And I don't know what's going on. I feel like you have a lot of things to say. Idol, 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 conversations. I feel like, well, because for the past, like, two months, also, I don't know how close to be to the screen, because I want the microphone to pick up my voice. Sorry. Um, I'm quite laid back here, so I feel like you should be. I know, your audio always sounds quite good, and when I choose to not use a mic, my audio is always so sketchy. Anyways, um, my microphone's actually packed up in a suitcase right now, so I'm talking to the computer microphone. But anyways, what was I saying? The past... Like two months, I haven't really been doing much because, I mean, we've all heard me say it a thousand times, but because of my foot, you know, haven't really been doing much. But I'm, I leave for Glasgow on Wednesday. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden my life is just like take, taking off. And um, I guess what I wanted to like talk about this episode or just see where it takes us is like this feeling of like, experiencing something like completely new for the first time and like it just not really feeling feeling real yet like I feel so like and maybe honestly this relates to anyone like going to school or like going back to university in the sense of like I'm so excited but I'm also so nervous but I like don't know why I'm nervous because I'm like there's nothing to be nervous about yet but there is you're like you're moving to so far away first off so far away, you've never, you've never lived alone. Uh-huh. So there's that's one thing to be nervous about. Second off, they hate to break it to you, but you're not gonna have any friends there right away. Well, no, but here's the thing no, okay, so this is the thing like, I know there are things to be nervous about, so yes, self consciously, I'm sure that's what's making me feel nervous, but it's like it doesn't feel real yet, so I can't like justify the. It, I just feel in such a like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like because it doesn't actually feel real. I'm kind of like the nerves don't feel real yet. I know they're kind of there and they're building up. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's starting to feel real. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And then I'm also just like really excited. I think what it is, it's because like I I build up this thing of like, like whenever someone asks me about it, I'm just like, oh yeah, like I'm excited. I'm nervous. Like, like, because that's kind of what everyone says, isn't it? And like for the longest time, I've always said like, oh, like, I just want to like move out like I just want to like live by myself like experience like not living at home and like I want to like you know be across the other side of the world or whatever and like now that it's happening my I'm like ah shit is this what I want which like I know this is what I want 100% not doubting it at all but because it's starting to become the reality I'm like oh so like you are going to be living on your own okay so you are going to be like on the other side of the world and that's kind of like it's just so weird to talk about something and then it actually like be happening yeah no I know exactly what you mean I think it's not gonna feel real until you until you're there unpacked and like a week and a half after that like it's it's really not yeah I don't know I I don't really know how to describe it like I don't my situation is like a little bit different than yours because I'm not that far away from home but like even still even now I'm like oh I'm in a different city than my parents um Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. 
you know, you, you feel very separated. And especially for you, because you're actually going like really, really far away. Um, you're definitely just not gonna, I mean, I don't know, I could be wrong, but like, I feel like for most people, I'm, and I think this is how I would feel is you're just not even going to be able to process it until you're like well into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a weird thing of like, I feel like I'm just faking my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm here, I'm, I'm alone, quote unquote alone, like away from my parents, all these things. And kind of like doing the whole adulting thing. But I, I feel like an imposter. Or it, it That's just feels, what this feels like. Yeah. It feels a bit fake. Like it doesn't feel like what my reality is about to become doesn't feel like that's what it actually is going to be. And so, like the whole like adulting thing as well, like it feels weird that like that's, that's where I'm at now in my life. Like I was talking to my friend the other day about it and we were just laughing at the fact that like we are getting older and it's just like, I mean, whoa, shock. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just weird, like, the responsibilities that come with that that slowly start, like, creeping up on you and how much right now, like, my life is, like, this sounds so dramatic, but, like, my life's about to change. And it's, like, I don't know how, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not explaining myself very well because it's still very much, like, I'm still processing the whole thing. And like you said, I feel like it's going to take me months to, like, actually... Yeah, I think you're, I, this is the thing, I think you're always going to feel like you're faking it, or like you don't, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be there, or like you're just kind of, this is temporary, like kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I feel like, and I don't know because I can't see like 30 years into the future, but I feel like that is something that you, me, people will always feel like if you ever move away from where you grew up or like where you're comfortable, mm-hmm. um, I think you're always going to feel like, oh, this is a bit, that's never going to, it's never going to feel like your home, quote, quote unquote, home in like the, uh, what's the word? In like the textbook sense of it, like home, like where my dog is, where my mom is, where yeah. my brothers are, whatever. Um, but like, obviously it will be your home. Like home is where your people are, where your, where your friends are, where like what you do and who what you make, of it, yeah, what you make of it, obviously like, cliche, whatever, but like that, I believe in that. Anyways, I can't remember the exact word you just used, but it, triggered this thought in my mind I went out for coffee with my friend Zena and we were talking about like how in dance everything feels so like um oh, sh- I'm blanking on the word it's not inconsistent um not reliable like unpredictable like those sort of kind of feelings there's a lacking foundation sure like un- <laughs> yeah like it's just it's, uh, it's unstable like and it's everything's gonna be be a bit unknown and we were particularly talking about for for dance and then we both just kind of looked at each other and laughed and we thought but isn't that just like adulting in general like I feel like as you become an adult everything is a bit temporary and everything is a bit unstable temporary is the word (laughs) um (laughs) everything is just a bit um like unstable like I feel like as a kid everything or not everything that's unfair because I'm I'm grateful my childhood was quite like stable um but as you get an adult, it just feels like everything becomes a bit like nothing is secure. I don't know. No, and yeah, it, I can change so much easily, like easy, easier, easier. Is that word? Easier. You got <laughs> it. You got My it. Girl. Brain is so fried right now. I packed for so long. Anyways, um, but. I don't know where I was going with that but I don't know it was just it made me laugh when my friend and I were talking about it particularly for dance and then we both kind of just looked at each other and we were just like maybe this is just like life though as you get older it just becomes less yeah secure and everything is is a bit yeah 
Well, that's the thing. I think, like, as a child, obviously, again, both me and you grew up with a lot of stability and we're super, super fortunate for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, like, not everyone is afforded those same opportunities. But in our case, like, everything is so just, like, la-di-da-di-da kind of thing. Um, and well, we also had a routine. Like, we were doing the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we did the same thing. Like, we were very set in our routine. Like, you would have your dance. I would have my whatever. And then you leave that environment. And it's, I think, for, like, I am so glad to not exist in that space anymore. Um, but you leave that and you're like, oh, you realize, you, oh, I can actually do what I want to do. And and you're like, oh, I can actually sign up for this course. Oh, I can actually go take a cooking class. Like, I can, you can do all these random things that you feel kind of limited to when you're living alone, uh, sorry, when you're living at home with your parents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, th- there's a lot of beauty in that freedom, but also, like, a- I think I've mentioned this before, maybe in the older episodes, there's a lot of, one, beauty in that freedom, but also it's very, very, very just, like, scary um, mm-hmm. thinking about how truly limitless your possibilities are when you realize, like, if you just kind of plan some things out, figure some things out. I say this all the time. If you just plan some things out, figure some things out, you can do whatever you want. And I know that that's a very simplified way of putting things and obviously like not. Sometimes I feel like you need to look at it in that simple way, but like even just hearing you talk a little bit about like that freedom, like it kind of just like hit me in the stomach a bit of like, you're so right. Like, like I've never experienced not having like the parents to think about, like when you go out or when you're like coming home or like in your own home, like there's, we've talked about this before on many occasions, but it's like, there's always people around you sort of thing. And obviously yeah. I'm going into like a student accommodation where there's going to be like, obviously students in the building and like a reception people. And like, it's not like I'm like fully alone, nor do, do I think I'd want to be fully alone my first like year living away from home. But like just hearing, yeah, you talk about that idea of like, well, two things, one, that freedom and then the opportunities that can come with now this kind of new freedom that, to make the most of it you do kind of have to make a little bit of a plan and then yeah you can do what you want to do again that's simplified but that's yeah yeah it's it's weird because you're like I don't have to text my mom that I'm coming back home at 12 30 yeah yeah you know what I mean and that is something that's very very nice and so whenever I go back home and I was like ah interesting like I don't I don't like having to do this um but again another thing that obviously like so so lucky because we have some help getting here a lot of support and so it's like you really can make the most out of it which we're obviously like super super lucky for right and so I feel like no I, I I feel like it's just yes be nervous because it's like it's the opportunities are endless and like that is a very stressful thing to think about how much things you can be doing and like you're by doing this you're missing out on this but and like you'll have to pick and choose what you want to do and these certain avenues you want to explore when you're in this new place but also it's like you're there so just exist there and soak it in you know I same friend that I went for coffee with we talked about the idea of like the so the fact that how much we're being supported um is so is nice and it it welcomes opportunities that for people that don't have and I'm talking I guess more financial support are able to to do 
-hmm. And I just like, we were just saying how limiting society is becoming, getting harder and harder for people to do what they want to achieve if they don't have the money to begin with. And I just, I find it so frustrating and particularly for artists, it's like, and young artists that are trying to like make their way, whether that's dancers or um, like painter, I don't know, visual art, whatever you do in that world. And, and maybe even athletes experience it as well. Though I do think athletes get a bit more funding and support when it comes to like scholarships and things. I find it so frustrating, like watching these people have so much talent, but just because they're slightly like less in the society, like ranks or whatever, they can't achieve their dreams. And the people at the top have this like starting advantage. Like they get to start the race like a hundred meters in front of everyone. And it's just, it bothers me so much. You've literally just described the issue with like the current system in which our society functions. Um, Because looking at it from a perspective that isn't talking about arts and stuff like that, just from like a baseline kind of like, you're a worker like a a, a facet of labor within society if you are someone of the working class you do not belong to the one percent for example so that's that like higher class that you Mm -hmm. speak um and in america and canada like i'll use north america as an example because like that's what i know but obviously Mm -hmm. it exists in a lot of other places if you are born and you're born fortunately you have rich parents you have you know, you're afforded all these opportunities that people in the bottom class do not have. And then the concept is like, oh, quote unquote, meritocracy, work hard and you'll achieve, you'll be able to climb those ranks that you speak of. Like you'll be able to sort of break the next social, um, what's the word, like social bracket kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But because to make money, if you are not afforded the opportunity of like getting an education, which costs an insane amount of money in Canada, it's cheaper, sure, but it still costs an insane amount of money. It is not pocket change. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a lot of people are afforded that opportunity. You are automatically set back. And because you don't have an education, which is what you quote unquote need to get, a, again, quote unquote, good job, whatever good is. Be successful in, yeah, yeah. To be successful, all these things, because you don't have the money to like set you up for that, you cannot get an education, like a, uh, again, quote unquote, proper education that'll allow you to get a job in like a, a firm or some sort of like corporate thing, which a lot of these people who have like trust fund babies, like people whose parents pay for their education, all these things are lucky enough to get education. Like I myself, like I'm lucky that I don't really have to worry all too much about how I'm going to get through the next few years when I'm in school, because I have that kind of figured out. And a lot of people don't have that. So again, you are now you're at the bottom, you don't have you don't have the means of paying for an education and then you're stuck doing, you're doing work, but your work doesn't pay a lot because it's not a job that requires university degree. It's an entry level job. It's like, uh, not even entry level. That's not the right word. It's, it's like a, a, for a fucking service job. You're working at yeah. a coffee shop. You're working as a server. You're working at McDonald's cashier, you're yeah. cashier and you're not making money. So you, yeah, you're, you're probably working way harder physically what you do is way more demanding than what a student sitting studying with daddy's money is doing. But because you're in society's eyes, less valuable and quote unquote, not working as hard. You actually are working probably way harder and like literally mm-hmm. sweating to like put food on the table. Maybe you have to feed your family. Maybe you have to feed your siblings or kids, whatever your situation is. And you have, you keep on having to like get this job, get that job, all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy heck. You are working very, very hard, but in the eyes of, 
again, I don't know what better word to use than like society or whatever. What you're doing is not meaningful work, even though like, of course it is. You need to be doing that to be able to provide. You don't have, now you don't have the time. You don't have the, you don't have the, the, the privilege of time either because you are working all the time, doing all these shitty jobs that pay you 10 bucks an hour, unable to make ends meet. And so I'm almost done. And so like you're, it's, you're, it's stuck in this like negative feedback loop of literally being unable to bridge that gap into, oh my God, will I be able to have enough money to, and time to like pay for food and everything like that and like get clothes on my back and also get an education so that I can use that education to get a higher paying job. And it's like the system that we currently live in is mm-hmm. so flawed because it does not allow for social mo- mobility under the premise. Like, and it says, oh, it is all under the premise of meritocracy. Like work hard and you'll be able to move up. But that just does not exist. And the issue with this is that it, it so, so, and like, this is not a new thing. Like everybody knows this. I would hope that everybody knows this and like understands this, that this so, so, so much more disproportionately affects minorities and people of color and women and people who are marginalized not not white people not rich people not men like rich white men whatever like of course obviously everybody is affected by this but like the majority of these rich upper class you know what the demographic is and it's not diverse it's not a diverse one and so again it's just like the gap between these two classes is just widening and widening and widening because of how fucked the system is anyway I'm done. <laughs> we're not in, we're in a cycle that just doesn't seem like it's going to. I mean, I hate to use buzzwords and stuff, but I think it's, it's a flaw of the capitalist model of the economy um, that values like people's output and how productive you are in, in, instead of like valuing what sort of creative and um, other sort of like endeavors you can bring to society. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you're viewed as nothing more than like literally a cog. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's like a it's systematic, of course. It's like it's a huge, huge, huge issue, and these issues are so so visible. But people who are in like positions of huge, huge privilege don't feel the need to, um, what's the word, address or like try and use their privilege to change these things because it doesn't. It's not an issue for them personally, right? Not my, not my problem, kind of thing. And it's like, well you have the means of potentially making a change by like using your voice. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It's a, it's a huge, like it, it literally, it's, it's, I don't even know like how we got here. I have a question. Yes. Ask. Um, do you think, well, okay, actually no, no. Uh, that could get like pretty philosophical and like, again, political too, but in terms of things like the arts and by the arts, I'm talking like dance, music, high art, quote unquote, higher art, like museum art and like pop culture art. Yeah. It's sort of like creative pursuits. Mm-hmm. How come they are less valued? Is it because they don't, because I, I mean, I, a simple answer, sorry, I totally just cut you off, but yeah. a simple answer is like, because it, no one cares that you're making a magazine or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, I don't know if that's, that's what it productive. is. But it, it, to the majority of people, like that work is not useful, right? In the, in like the corporate world, that work is not useful at all. They don't need, people don't need that. People don't care about that, really. You have to be careful because I personally feel like there's the magazines and the media that's out there is needed. I agree, but 
I I'll obviously like wholeheartedly agree. And I think that a huge important part of like the human existence and people, I think people have like an innate desire to create and to be creative in some sort of way, whether it's like painting at its most basic level or like singing or some sort of creative desire to like use your brain in a different way that isn't linear. People have this desire to create, I think. And I think over years, it's obviously been suppressed in a lot of people because you are told and in society it's visible that like this kind of work and this kind of um, career path is not valued. And that's true. It's in in the way that you see, like literally take my case, for example, the degree I'm doing now is a lot more creative, a lot more artsy and maybe less stable than a business degree, for example. But like I was told by my parents, I was told by the people around me, do a business degree. That's what's stable. That's what's valued because it is. And it still is like that. And I don't like see it changing, unfortunately. And I wish it would. And I wish people would place more value on creative things because it truly brings so much I think maybe in some eyes, the arts isn't, like, helping society, like, progress, which I don't think is true. I don't think it's true, but, like, sorry, quote, like, like, I don't, like, and I don't agree with that statement at all, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I feel like there's other jobs and other things that people go to school for that's, like, quote, like, helping society, like, I don't know, like, I hate saying it because I just I so disagree with it like I think what the arts bring from like it's just it's so yeah you're right it should be valued way more than it is but I think if we look at it at a, at a more like just like modern day perspective it's also like the funding is so bad and so because and because the funding is so bad I, I think it makes it hard for it to become something more and so it's just progressively getting less like more pushed to the side and because it's like and it's different where you go in the world like you go to Europe and if I talk about like dance particularly it's like you have some dancers like buying like houses and like and I don't know yeah I don't know like it's I don't know what I'm saying but yeah um I I, I don't know but to answer your question I don't know why it's so to be honest like I what but and I say I don't know why because it's just like there's I guess I don't know enough information about it to talk about it. So that's why I like struggle to talk about it. Cause I don't like my brain doesn't like, I'm not very smart about this sort of topic, but I feel like I, for me, it's just like upsetting. Cause it's just like, there's so much potential for there to be. It's weird because I mean, in the definitive like sense of, or yeah, like the economic de- definition, I guess, of like something that brings productivity is not something that brings people like joy it's what what increases gdp and that's like so business of me but that's like what it is and i don't agree with that like i obviously think that there's again a whole other conversation but like i I just disagree with that sentiment because again it it creates it creates a, a system where people work they live to be working and to like be producing output and it's like for what that's insane like that is insanity um and so like in that sense of course something like dance is not gonna be valued because like what is that doing for like the yeah. economy right but so I guess that's what I was trying to say earlier on when I was talking about like yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 um again obviously like what we're saying keep in mind we're just two young gals shooting shooting the breeze but I still think like 
it's just it's it's really weird um and I, again i don't really foresee it changing because right now like most people run on that like ladder system well, how much linear and like work what's going to make you the most productive what's going to make you the most valuable in society and like make you the most mo- money and of course like dance design art are not gonna that's not gonna do it for you but i just it's like wh- when did when did this i don't know i i it's upsetting because it, again it like creates it it pushes people to do things that they don't want to do and again okay. oversimplification i don't even know but whatever go ahead question like so how much like i'm genuinely surprised that magazines still exist like physical magazines like how much longer do you think they're gonna exist like i love them so sorry i'm not like saying like i don't want like i would like i want them to stick around like i know you have a passion for them generally just curious like how much longer do you think things like magazines are going to exist do you think like and maybe there'll always be a place for them because there are still enough people that do consume them and like that form of con like content or yeah um but i don't know like there is a part of me that is actually so surprised when i see the magazines in a grocery store because there's so many different ways that people are consuming that and if you're right like the arts and just that sort of side of things are just like becoming so much kind of less and pushed aside like how are they all still surviving yeah surviving like to be honest though they're not you know what i mean because physical print is such a you're not making money doing that like that unless you are days magazine or id magazine and even then like i don't really think there's a whole lot of money in the industry i mean again those two magazines i use as an example have access to the design world fashion art pop culture like they're they're kind of like all spanning Mm -hmm. um but there's a lot of super super niche magazines and when i i say magazines and and when kira and i say magazines we don't mean like people magazine or like vogue even because those are all like really really commercial and you're gonna find that in a grocery store we're talking about like or at least I, when i talk about magazines i talk about like publication yeah. like really really i mean i hate to word, use the word niche but like i guess yeah editorial is the word um editorial specific like uh sort of sector specific like design art i guess it's all the same thing if you think about it. so the to the untrained eye it's all the same thing um mm-hmm you know, fashion, beauty, all these sort of magazines. Um, and I guess like the biggest ones of those are like ID and days. Um, and I can't see these magazines making money. Um, I don't know the backside of it, but from what I know from my own personal experience, my small personal experience that like I've had this summer and stuff working, trying to put out a magazine, you're barely making it back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's like a thankless moneyless process unless you get get really lucky somehow but then again it's like then at a certain point you're gonna have to sacrifice the art part for the commercial part and I think that's where like that's where the split between these editorial magazines and a magazine like Vogue like People like uh People's not a fashion magazine but Vogue or even W is pretty commercial I'd say just like do do you see what I mean like the difference between these yeah commercial magazines versus more niche publications um and I don't know I think I think that I hope that there's always a space for that um I don't see it dying soon because I still think that there is people who are like crazy in love the physical aspect of holding something which like I think nothing can it's just not the same um but in the general sense I think they've long 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 ago died 
mm-hmm. which is really sad um because it's like when you know you don't see people you when when was the last time you saw someone walking around with like a magazine no it's true right like and that's kind of why i like brought up because it's just like when we talk about like the arts kind of dying which i i don't know like that's i really like this topic though let's keep going with it no we can we can keep going like i don't know like it's so like i i almost don't like talking about it because i don't want it to be true and i don't like want to admit almost or it doesn't feel real that like something that means so much to us which I know means it means so much to other people um is is so under undermined undervalued um by the majority to be completely honest I feel like like um and yeah I don't know like it's just interesting because I also think it goes for the same for like people like authors who are writing books like I feel like it's becoming so, like, I don't know. I saw this on the news, and I'm going to get this so wrong, but it was something like publication houses, like, they're, are closing. Like, small publication houses are closing, and those are the people, those are the um, companies that will take smaller author, smaller authors. But now that those are closing, and you only have, like, like Penguin or, like, all those big ones, they're only going to take big name authors so what's happening to the authors that don't have a book yet but they have a book sitting in their room that they're writing that's going to be like pretty fucking good but it like can't get in anywhere like it's kind of the same thing like I just feel like we're losing opportunities because we're becoming so focused on the money aspect and the commercial aspect and not everything has to be about making money which is such a like okay Kira but like I I know so many people like are thinking that but it's just like yeah I don't know like it feels right now it feels like we're so much in a place where we're just trying to like catch up to like making money that we feel like we're constantly losing but I feel like I don't, I don't know do you, you know what I mean no, I, I don't I'm exactly. about like money and economy to talk about it really but that's my no no but it, it is like in a sense to put it simply it's like yeah it's there people are gonna and people like these publishing houses for example are going to take names that they know are going to produce a profit. So like a JK Rowling or like a Emily Henry or mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? A Colleen Hoover or who Sally wrote- Rooney. I don't know. Sally Rooney. Her Not name? even Sally Rooney. Uh, what's, what's her name? The. Uh, Taylor R- Ray Jenkins lady. Yeah. Yeah. Seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo lady. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're going to take these big name authors or like James Patterson or like, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of Stephen, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's like a sure thing. I mean, I don't really know how like the ins and outs of a publishing house work, but I'm assuming it's pretty, it's pretty simple like that. Um, but question: mm-hmm. Do you think? Well, two points. So I feel like while it's really difficult because the arts and stuff is being quite alienated from. I mean, I don't really know if it ever was too like integral to society in the sense of like there was less of a separation between like normal corporate world and arts kind of thing. I feel like arts came first though. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Like high art and all these things that were like super, super, you know, like like, theater first. Yeah. First, like, anyway, sorry. (laughs) About guys. Um, But in the sense of like, uh, now do you like, there's like a kind of sense of alienation from again, like it's that feeling of being undervalued as an artist. But then again, it's like, okay, well, it could 
maybe does it create like a sense of community like yeah sure is that even but that does, does that make it worth it not really because we're all kind of like it's a struggle bus um but there's like it's definitely a sense of community and like a, a communal struggle I like to say that a lot like it's a communal sense of like oh we're all gonna be broke and we're all whatever we're all broke artists yeah that kind of thing um and then also this relates to like the internet and stuff bringing it back to social media as I feel like we always do but do you think that social media has well one two points well there's like a point one point one a point a point one b point one point one a b um it's kind of i guess for lack of a better word like democratized art and made it accessible to all people which like high art there like high art really doesn't exist Exist anymore anymore because you can see reproductions of the mona lisa oh that's also oh what was that book called well there was I went to a museum where it showed all these things in Amsterdam and it's like the art that's like, oh, what's it called when it's like a digital link and you can like, it's never going to be, it's like replicating itself. So an an NFT. Is that what it's called? Is it a non-fungible token? Ew, NFTs are stupid. No, but this is what I mean. It, it gets rid of the like physical aspect, but not even physical, just like this, the, the thing that makes art so special, like that's one thing that makes dance so cool is the fact that it's like, you can't, well, yes, you can record it and try and take photos of it, but you'll never have the feeling of what it was like to see it live and to be there in that moment. No video is going to capture the energy that was in that room when that piece was watched for the first time. Like no one's going to have that feeling when they saw that art piece for the first time in that gallery. Like, but I feel like social media kind of, tarnishes that kind of excitement and that original and like organic kind of feel that art brings because it's just like blah like it's making it so like um fuzzy I don't know this is so interesting so last year I learned about this is like one of my favorite courses that I took last year um Walter Benjamin I had to google what the book was called or it's like an essay uh, I guess like a piece um Mm -hmm. I think it was written in the 30s or 40s. Um, it's called The Work of Art in the Age of Mechanical Reproduction by Walter Benjamin. And any sort of like art design critical theory student will probably have read this or heard about it. Um, so Walter Benjamin uses this word, the aura, to describe... Um, well, I'm kind of surprised at how much of this is coming back to me from last year. Um, to describe that sort of feeling and what the essence that a, an original piece of art has And then when you get reproduction, so again, we're looking at The Last Supper, Leonardo's The Last Supper. We're looking at it in person and it's like, wow, you can see it. Like this artist put this, painted this fresco into this wall like that. It's, it's huge. It's beautiful. It's, there's something very breathtaking, kind of like surreal about it. And then there's that whole thing of like um, the sublime and how like looking at something so beautiful, it's kind of like terrifying and whatever, all these things. Um, Basically like you're looking at the real deal and it's, something intangible that you can that you can feel that aura and then when you see reproductions of it it the reproductions obviously don't have that same essence for lack of a better word they don't have the same aura like a the last supper printed on a mug is not the same of course as the last supper in milan where it's in the chapel right um so like you can make the argument that seeing it's bad for things to be quote-unquote mechanically reproduced as Walter Benjamin says 
um, and like put onto tote bags, put onto mugs, put onto t-shirts, all these like souvenir tacky things. Th- that's like bad, right? But at the same time, and the more widely, and I'm kind of on this side of the fence, I'm like, yeah, of course it, yeah, like you said, it makes things cheaper, but also if we don't have this reproduction, or I guess now you could say this sort of like translation into the internet, into social media, where it is so accessible to so many people, if we don't have that, then no one really knows what the Last Supper is going to look like. No one can see it. And again, you'll, you'll never have that initial like aura that you have as if you saw it in person. But I feel like that's something that you should sacrifice in order to make people have access to these beautiful works of art. But then it's like, okay, but is it the same work of art when it's in a different format on a different medium printed? I think, Do you know what I mean? I think if you're able to, like most things, recognize that, and this is going to sound a bit like simplified and, and maybe a bit silly, but if you're able to recognize that like this is a replica, this is a product I am buying, you're right. It's part of keeping the original alive. Mm-hmm. And there are so many generations from when that painting was originally done, obviously, um, that it's going to get lost in time if we don't find ways to ke- to keep it re- um, rel- not relative, uh, keep it relevant. Um, sorry, I don't know why that word was so hard to remember. And I think like and I think like movies do a really good job of that. I think like movies that are able to like tell a story about something that happened in history or reflect on like a past figure like I think it's a way to kind of capture a moment in time but also not I don't like yeah I don't know it's you're right it's so hard because it's like you want to respect the original and you're right like when you make so many products out of something it just I feel like it it does tarnish a bit like the original like feel I don't know like yeah well what I'm saying and what Walter Benjamin is saying, I guess I'm like echoing his sentiment, mm-hmm. um, is that like there it's two different things when you think about it. Like the original has again the aura, whatever, like very vague word, but that's like the word that is used. Um and it kind of just like is to describe all these feelings of like that feeling of seeing an original kind of thing. And that is so different than like a poster reproduction that you can get at the gift store. Well, that's what I think I mean. If you're able to recognize the fact that they are different, yeah, they're different. They're not the they same have different but... purposes. They're not, yeah. they're, and they shouldn't have the same purpose. Like you have a poster on your wall for a different reason as to why there's this massive, amazing, beautiful artwork hanging in an art gallery. Yeah, it's just a thing of like access. It's like it's inaccessible yeah. to everybody, basically, unless like yeah. you happen to be in wherever looking at whatever yeah. artwork, right? Um, so it's it's really interesting. I don't know stuff like that kind of theory and looking at art and the way art is reproduced through a more critical lens I think is very interesting can I ask you a question yes how how much longer do you think like fashion shows are going to exist and like New York Fashion Week and like Paris Fashion Week and all that Mm. because how much of it now is like could could be digital I mean I don't want it to I love the idea of fashion shows I think they're so fun but how much like do you think again, coming from a very, like, one-sided view, like, how do you think they're a waste of... Two questions. Do you think they're a waste of money? 
do you think they're actually bringing anything to like the fashion world like other than them just being I mean I think it's more than this but like them just being fun and like a big party and get together for like rich people to all like gather and like look at fancy people's clothes or like do you think there's like still value to them um when it could all technically they could all go digital like it could and they could just not exist and all those brands I think would probably do just fine because if we still we still know Dior exists like we don't need a show but like I mean I, I love them so but like do you know what I mean like we, we don't yeah anyways what's your opinion on that I have I have an opinion on this actually um I think that having so like the way that the fashion sort of season system cyclical thing is set up I think one forces and forces in the bad way designers and artists to create um collections at like an unsustainable rate um you do not need a fall collection every single year you do not need a winter collection uh and then a resort collection and a yada 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 you do not need new york fashion week what once or twice a year you don't need like the new york paris london milan we don't need like it's that. fun but it's not needed it's it's fun in the sense that it's like it's obviously visually and aesthetically so so stunning to look at all these beautiful garments and like the whole culture around it is very much like this rich sort of untouchable kind of thing and like part of that is like it's really beautiful to observe but again so inaccessible so problematic in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so I think that it's an issue in the sense of like one from a creative perspective I think it forces a lot of like creative burnout or it creates a lot of creative burnout because you're just over you're producing and you're like okay I need to come up with a collection for next year especially small designers um maybe ones that are featured like London Fashion Week or London's like a lot more experimental yeah my research um mm-hmm. like features a lot more uh central hands graduates kind of thing yeah um but then you get so like that's a problem in itself because again we don't need all these collections and then that relating to how it can contribute to like overproduction waste fashion the fashion industry being what like the second or third biggest polluter or even mm-hmm. the first like something ridiculous like Yes, these smaller designers are not the issue. It's like this huge Zara's, H&M's, like huge, huge corporate fashion houses. But like, yeah, but basically like this, the, again, so that kind of stems, I think, from a lot of being like the cyclical fashion sort of setup. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, fall. And then these trends trickle down from high, high up at runways. They trickle down into like middle fashion and then like obviously fast fashion. So these houses pick it up like Zara or whatever. And then, again, produce, 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 produce. Of course, create so much waste, harm the environment, harm workers, like, all this awful stuff. Literally kill the planet. Um, And then it just repeats. Like, in that sense, I think that going digital for stuff like fashion shows, while it eliminates, like, the beautiful sort of, like, after-party, tangible clothing, super chic, like, New York Mm -hmm. Fashion Week, Sex in the City-esque sort of aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And, like, high fashion um thing that a lot of people like I love you love mm-hmm. it eliminates that but environmentally accessibility wise in terms of like creative output I think it would be a lot more meaningful to at least minimize the sort of like need for month uh seasonal fashion shows and well, it happened like weeks kind of thing like I feel like they could just not happen as often you're right like like yeah I don't know, like, it could be cool if it was, like, every, yeah, even if it was just, like, once a year. It's not even once a year. It's, I think it's just, like, it's a bit weird to force 
or when it's it's weird well it's forced though because can you imagine all these designers what getting in a meeting at one time and be like hey do we all have an idea let's get together like i feel like brands could just do their own maybe i don't know like i don't know how you make it work because i think there is still room for it to exist you're right it's just like it does force it does um put pressure on the are they called artists fashion designers um on the creators but it would be hard otherwise there wasn't a bit of a timeline don't you think well it's like yeah okay sure it could be hard but it's like for what it doesn't really matter when your collection comes out it's you're making at its core like fashion is an art and and it is as a designer like especially I'm like a young designer who just graduated from fashion school, for example, they've spent these years like curating and making their own design language and like what they want to show off and their own work. And then it's like, okay, so now to be considered successful, you have to adhere to this like biannual fashion speed kind of thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, that's just going to force you to make stuff at a rate that is not, again, not sustainable for you to make wasteful and you're not going to be creative think creating things that you want to create because the creative process takes time and yeah it's different for everybody but like I think the majority of people could agree that you need your own time and you need to develop your ideas in your own time and so like having a timeline I don't really think is super super necessary because clothing is always going to exist it's just from like a, I guess from the art perspective it's probably better to have no timeline um and then from like a environmental and sort of beneficial to the world perspective like we don't need all of this cloth yeah like where does it all go like just in warehouses it burnt like clothing waste is it's ridiculous like a lot of it's burnt thrown into dumps like all these things it ends up in the ocean and like where like the worst places like it's bad the clothing industry again needs to needs to clean up its act um and like as consumers like what can we do in that part but then again that's like putting the onus on the consumer when it's really the fault of like five large clothing producers like zara like it's not really your fault for buying from zara it's zara's fault for fucking having the fastest um supply chain ever known to man and just like overproducing to the millionth degree doesn't matter whole other story i'm getting really i've been really passionate this episode I love it. It's hard because it's like I you're so like well spoken about this first subject because I feel like and like with your background of like what you're studying at school and then even like your business and stuff that like I definitely am just sitting here like listening, enjoying talking about it because like like I definitely come from I don't know like I don't have a lot of knowledge around it so I guess what I'm sharing is definitely on like a more basic simplified level and just my opinion so it's nice to hear someone like who has like an educational opinion talk about it <laughs> do you think do you think I'm like slightly educational because I'm always really insecure that I'm oh 100% Mia like oh, I mean like in I mean obviously whoever's listening to this whether they like have studied it or or not like I think it's again funny hearing like the two sides talk about it because you definitely sound like you've not that you've like sat down done I don't know like you do sound like you have like a knowledgeable you have yeah you're knowledgeable about this sort of topic um and I think when I I speak very much just from like my own like passion for it rather than like yeah like research to be completely honest because I because I yeah I don't know 
but it's very I, I enjoy listening to you talk about it because you're and it's fun listening to someone talk about something that they're like passionate about and then also knowledgeable about oh thank you that's quite sweet again it's because I get I get really self-conscious like I don't want to say the wrong thing I don't want to whatever but again we, we've talked about this before it's like just we don't need to be perfect like it's okay to say maybe the not super like correct way of saying it maybe it's oversimplified maybe it's whatever but at the end of the day it's like yeah we're just two two gals having a chat and like I maybe know more about one topic than you do you know more about another topic than I do and it's like it's an exchange we're just having a conversation like yeah yeah we're just having a conversation and like everyone's not like people are having these conversations Mm -hmm. outside in the world and you're and it's only because it's being recorded that we do sometimes feel like oh should we not say that oh like let's change this yeah exactly but it's like which obviously you do a little bit just like respect but it's like at the end of the day like we are we just want these to be like those conversations conversations. I was gonna say that and I didn't want to but (laughs) no you got it it's funny but yeah yeah I really liked I really liked the way I think I have an idea for a t- I mean I'll just include this because it's funny but like oh like something like the death of art like we really got into that and I think oh like stuff like that is so 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 interesting and I only realized I'll, I'll finish off really quick um I only realized how like when you're learning about it in, in class and stuff it's a little bit it's not dry but sometimes it's kind of hard to wrap your head around because a lot of the language that they use is super super academic and you're like you don't need to be saying this as fancy as you are 30 letter words like you could just be saying this as art is being reproduced good or bad and it's like you could say it that simply but when you kind of I've like synthesized it in my mind you know Mm -hmm. I've I've marinated in it and and now like kind of relaying it back to you I'm like oh I can see what I've kind of held on to and I think that's really interesting because it's like when I'm doing a reading I'm not a lot of the time I don't really recognize what's going on but then yeah. I'm like oh I actually did understand that and I've managed to sort of simplify it for myself to make it easier to understand um yeah but yeah it's a beautiful thing it is um let's wrap it up next yeah. next time we record you're gonna be jet setted I should yeah next time we record it's gonna be like oh god oh yeah I'm gonna have been in Glasgow for a week or so that's crazy <laughs> exciting well, on that note, we'll say bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And hopefully we'll see you next next Tuesday. Bye. Idol, idol, idol. Conversation, social, social, social,